Well, good morning, everybody. Good to see all your smiling faces. Well, just to let you know, Pastor John, Jocelyn, and the children are in Oregon visiting Caden uh, as he's in college. So let me ask you, how is everyone doing this week? How's your week? Are you glad that uh, you, the week is over? <laughs> okay, you're in the same boat as me. <laughs> but I'm glad there's another week coming up ahead. Praise God for that. Okay, let's pray as we get into the word. Father, we thank you for this morning. And most of all, what's on our hearts is the nation of Israel. We lift up the nation of Israel, Lord, and the people there that are going through such a difficult time in their life, and even the people in Gaza. And Lord, we just ask that you would pour out your spirit upon that nation, that you would pour your spirit like never before, and that you would comfort those hearts, even such a devastating time. Lord, that you would come forth in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, the, we are going through a Ohana Matters and the title is Because Family Matters the Most. And how many of us like going to school? Oh, okay. Well, do you know that you are enrolled in God's university called the University of Selflessness? It's where, this university is where you experience God. Pastor Zach and I are tag teaming on this message and just to let you know that we haven't graduated. <laughs> just ask our wives, right, Pastor Zach? <laughs> it's really an ongoing course until our earthly life ends. And then we graduate to heaven. Amen. <laughs> you know, the highest call in our life is really to be like Christ. Scripture says in Philippians 2, and it's... Uh, we all can read it. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross, Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed him in a name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Jesus had all the glory in heaven, and he gave it up to be a sacrifice for sin. So, we in, so when we turn to God, acknowledge our sin, receive Christ in our life, we have eternal life and a relationship with the Father. Jesus gave his life for us. You know, when, when I was growing up, or when you grow up, you always want to become somebody better than yourself or do greater things. I know I did for myself. When I was growing up, there were superheroes. I, I would read the comics book like Superman, Spider-Man, the Hulk, Iron Man, all those characters. I wanted to be something like do something supernatural and great. And then in sports, you know, there's uh, Tiger Woods, right, Leaf Tiger Woods. We want to be like Tiger Woods. And then there's Bruce Lee in martial arts. 
in sports, there was one guy named Michael Jordan, and there was a commercial that highlighted his life, and in the commercial, it was all about the same. I want to be like Mike, because he could do amazing things in basketball and was a winner. His influence went beyond basketball. Now, if he had a question, I want to be like dot, dot, dot. What would be your choice? If there's a choice of Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Oprah, or Jesus? I'm sure all of us would check Jesus, right? We would get A, okay, <laughs> in class. <laughs> but what would be your reason behind that answer? Is it because Jesus was a miracle worker, raising the dead, healing the sick, multiplying fish and bread to thousands? You know, I'm like, wow, yes, that's amazing. And you know, I'm believing God for that. And though Jesus was a miracle worker, and we look at his miracles and say, wow. But in the end, Jesus was a servant, and he suffered. Jesus was the greatest example when he emptied himself to give to others. And when he saw a need, he went about to serve and to give. You know, one uh, month ago, Tiddy and I was returning from Oahu from our friend being installed as a senior pastor. And as we're returning in our car, we went to the service station and we're filling up gas. And I told the staff this, and there was a homeless lady there at the gas station by the pump. And she was looking through the trash and I just felt like I should give her something. So I went on my trunk and, and at the uh, service, they gave us this box of goodies. And I, so I brought the goodies to her, and I gave it to her, and I said, this is for you. As I went back and I went into the car, all of a sudden, I felt this feeling come over me like never before. You know, I've given, you know, the poor, the homeless things and money and all that. But this time when I sat down in my car, I felt something like never before. And I felt like the Holy Spirit came upon me. And gave me a sense that I was like Christ at that moment. I gave to serve the poor before, as I said. But I think at that moment, God reminded me I was like him. And I was like, wow. That was so encouraging. You know, another time, uh, okay, anyway. <laughs> My time is limited here. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> no, okay, I'll tell you another story. I went to, uh, we had a staff meeting that day. It was long. I was so hungry. And so I, I was headed home. I didn't eat. And then I went to the credit union and did a minute stop. And then I seen a homeless guy walking away from the building. And I, so I went in. I bought my bento. And I came out of the uh, minute stop. And there he was on the steps. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, no, I'm so hungry, God. <laughs> but, ah, uh, okay, God. So I went over, and I gave it to him. And so I was so hungry. But anyway, I went home. And then that day, Tideen came home from work. And she said, oh, you know what? Somebody brought sushi from work, and I brought it home for you. And I love sushi. <laughs> God knows when we bless people. You know, just to go another step to be like Christ is really to have his character. And 
I have to remind myself that Christ is my example and not Satan, especially when I'm driving. <laughs> you know, when you want to get somewhere, somebody's driving slow, you come to the intersection, all of a sudden the light turns yellow, and then they go through the light and you're stuck. And what comes out of my mouth? Okay. <laughs> or even going to the gym, we're at the gym, and I feel they should ban cell phones at the gym because people are on the machine, sitting down, texting to people, taking so long on the machine, and I want to get in the machine and get out. And some kids, you know, they're together, they're taking selfies. And <laughs> I'm like, ah! <laughs> you know, <laughs> God always reminds me, and even like tennis, you know, we're playing tennis, right? And then Byron and I are playing, and some, you know, and then um, sometimes the ball lands on the line, I mean, close to the line, and it could go either way. And I like to win, so I always go, it's out! <laughs> but I think God is working on me on that, to give grace when it goes either way. <laughs> but, but, but does those things matter? Those things really matter? You know, what really matters in life determines our focus. And Jesus is, should be our focus. And so my prayer is, Lord, change me. Change me into your image to be like you. Everybody said, okay. <laughs> the second point is God created us in his image. We are not complete alone. We are not complete alone. In Genesis 1, 27 to 28, it says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. There is a Godhead that has the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and they're one. And the glory of God is in there and in full operation because they're in one. God has created us and designed us to be connected with others. It is important to understand that God never designed us to be alone. God created Eve for Adam. Interestingly, in our senior meeting, we watched a video. And in there, it was a, a doctor. And he shared about a certain disease that people of this disease are not afraid to die, nor they're not afraid to suffer. But he found out that they're afraid to be abandoned by their family and, and physician. There's something in us that God has designed us to be connected with others. Beyond our need to connect, God has a heart for us to come together for his purpose. We come together to worship God, and fellowship in small groups, and also we come together in ministries to share God's love and advance his kingdom. You know, Feed My Sheep, Joyce and Miles had the vision to touch the poor and that God's people were beyond these four walls. If this ministry was never birthed, people in Maui would not experience God's love and provision. There is always, you know, when I go, there's always a sense of God there because we're coming there for a purpose together. I helped feed my sheep a month after a Maui fire. It was nonstop of people coming in because of what happened. 
in the midst of all of this, I learned two things about selflessness and selfishness. There was a family, we were setting up, and there were two tables, and a family came, so they, they decided to put another table, so that family took that table, and they were trying to do everything, and they were fumbling around, and I was in the back, and I usually just helped serve here and there, and I was getting frustrated because they were doing things all over, so I decided to step in and to help them out and all of that, and, uh, and if it wasn't for them, we would have been there past the time. Instead of two tables, we had three. And so after everything, as I was talking to them during, the pro during that time, come to find out they were a family that was on vacation from Pearlside, Oahu, Oahu. They took their time out to help on their vacation. And after that, they were headed to Lahaina to help with the fire and what was happening. And I thought to myself how selfless they were on their vacation, they were coming. And, and it convicted me how selfish I was in my life. And that really spoke to me about being a servant. When, when the Maui fire affected so many people, Pastor John gave the call to serve Maui. As a church family, you displayed the love of God by serving, giving your time, your treasure, and your talent. In preparing this message, I really felt like God wanted to tell you this, that he was pleased with you and your life because of what you did to the people that were affected by fire. You know what? You were like Christ at that moment. Your giving in every way blessed people. Because of your giving, I was able to meet so many people and it changed my life. And I realized that my problem is so small compared to those that were affected by the fire. There were stories of pain, yet they were so, but yet in the midst of everything, there was a thankfulness in their heart. I remember going to one lady, and she had gone on the website to ask for support. Uh, so they gave me the name. I called her, and we gave her the money. And I sat down and started talking to her. And my heart just broke because when COVID had come around, she had retired from her job because her husband wanted her to spend time with him. So when COVID came around, the husband got COVID and the son got COVID and they passed away. And then here comes the fire and she loses her house. And in the midst of all of this, my heart was breaking as she was telling me the story. And then... To make it worse was she began to hear chatter, voice from the outside saying, when things happen to people, it's because they're not living right and that God is against them. When she told me that, I got so angry because God is not like that. I was going to tell her, give me their names, I'm going to go and punch them out. <laughs> because that's not God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we, we <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> but to sum up my two points before Pastor Zach comes up, live for the eternal. Live with a servant's heart, mind. Have the love of God in your heart and learn to live in community because Jesus didn't walk on earth alone, but with 12 disciples and others. 
Amen. Pastor Zach. We can just let him keep going. So good. Just do one of those. Hey, and I'm sorry, I had COVID and my brain is experiencing fog. Anybody experience that when you had COVID? This is my second time having COVID and I thank you, Jesus, that I have kids that can give me COVID. <laughs> Man, seriously. <laughs> Oh, my goodness, because they were sick all last week, and I stayed home with them, and I nursed them back to health, and as soon as they felt good, I started to not feel good, and then Mickey had to nurse me. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> There's one time I was uh, trying to look for my page here. I was, I was up in California. Oh, Auntie Robin. So Auntie Robin and Auntie Sharon. They uh, brought me to, uh, or they invited me to go to Reading to go to another church. And while I was there, uh, I felt like God wanted me to, they were there for two we one week, and I felt God wanted me to stay for two. And so they left after the week uh, that they were there for. I stayed, and I was broke, and so I was eating leftovers. And we went to Olive Garden the week before. I didn't realize how long that that chicken was in the fridge. And so I'd eaten it and I was out for three days just on the couch and I was staying in a house full of guys and I don't know if, guys, come on, zero compassion. Guys would be walking past me, I'm on the couch, I have, I'm in a sleeping bag on the couch with a bowl and i am like been throwing up for the past two days. And the guys walk past me like, bro, that sucks. <laughs> Keep going. And I'm thinking in my head, I just want my mom right now. <laughs> Please give me my mom. <laughs> and I'm so glad that I have Mickey to take care of me. Amen. Uh, she's so good. And she takes care of all the kids while I'm sick. Praise God. Thank you. Jesus said she was on break. Man. But Pastor Lance, uh, he, he said that he wanted to be like a superhero. The guy, he is a superhero, okay? Man, yeah, give him a hand. He, he has such a servant's heart and a love for people that it sometimes just boggles my mind. Even though he comes up here and he says that he didn't want to give the homeless guy his food, but just the fact that he did it, that's submission to the Lord, amen? And that's, so I love that. Man. But family teaches us selflessness. We're talking about God's university of selflessness that uh, none of us will ever, ever graduate from. We will be in this university till the day we die, just like how Pastor Lance said, and we are glorified and united with, with God. That's the only time where we graduate. And family, how many of you know, <laughs> teaches you how to be less and less selfish? Amen. I remember before, before I got married, I would stay out till like two in the morning and then I'd have all my friends come over to my house and we'd all go, oh, before we go to the house, we'd go to Safeway, we'd go buy steaks 
and then we'd come to the house, we'd fire up the grill, and I'd cook rice, and we'd, everybody would cook their own steak, and then we'd go play video games till like four in the morning. That would not fly. Now, there's no way that I could stay out till 12 o'clock and be like, Mickey, hey, the guys are gonna come over and we're all gonna grill, and it's 12.30 at night, and then we're gonna play video games. That would not fly anymore, not. And so that was one thing that I had to give up and I can just, I remember so vividly the first few years. I say few years, okay? Because it took a while for me to get, get over this. Was that everybody would be hanging out and I'd be like, sorry, I can't hang out guys. I gotta go home. I gotta go be with my wife, which, is not a bad thing, okay? Not a bad thing. But I had to learn to be less selfish and what I wanted to do and really spend my time with my wife. Spend my time with my family, amen? That, and that's just God working on us. And then he continues to work on us. And then he gave us kids. My goodness, kids. I haven't played a video game seriously since I had kids, and I love video games. <laughs> I can't sit down and play a game without Zemi or <laughs> the guy coming up to me and be like, what are you doing? Or hitting the controller <laughs> out of my hands. Small things, that's just one small thing. That God uses the family our family in order to bring about this uh, attitude of selflessness. Selflessness uh, in, in its very basic uh, definition is having no concern for self. Having no concern for self. How many of you can actually say you're selfless? Anybody? Probably none of us, <laughs> which is why we're enrolled in this university of selflessness. Because to have a viewpoint where you look at people, you look at everybody around you, and you look at them and you put them above you, that you don't concern yourself with your needs and what you want and how you feel, but rather you concern yourself with the way other people feel and the way that other people are doing. And you elevate everybody else above you. And I can just imagine if Jesus was perfect, struggled the same as us, but was perfect in this, and he put everybody above himself. He put the entire world, your life, my life, everybody's life above his own and submitted himself to the will of the Father to die on the cross for our sins. Man, that right there, that is a baseline we will never meet. We will fail to meet that line every single time. Because honestly, right now, I wouldn't go die for the random guy on the street. If I've never met him, don't see him, doesn't need, I don't even know if he's in danger or not. You know? 
that's a, that's a different level. But God works on our heart, works on our heart, works on our heart, works on our heart because he cares more about your character. He cares more about the condition of our heart than he does the, the way we feel. Amen? He wants you and me to be more and more like Jesus. More and more like Jesus. The, the first point was the highest. Well, can you put that up there? The highest. I'm trying to get my notes. The highest call is to be like Christ. It's failing back there. I don't know who's back there. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> the highest call is to be like Christ. And God is so gracious and loving towards us that he takes the time to work on our heart step by step by step by step. You read Ephesians 5, 21 through 25. It says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And I love that. As a husband, we've been married for six years? Six? I think six. I'm pretty sure it's six. Seventeen? Yeah? Okay. <laughs> and I have, I've learned, and I'm still learning, how to love like Christ and how God gave Christ gave himself up for the church how to give myself up every day for my family every day it's hard it's hard to do that every single day it gets tiring you don't want to do it all the time and then you choose to do it even when you don't want to do it but God is continually working on my heart, working on my heart. And in one area, you've all, you always hear me talk about dishes, how I hate dishes. It's the bane of my existence. It is my wilderness. I would rather clean a toilet than do dishes. I kid you not. But while Mickey, has, Mickey she started a new position at, uh, at Maiwina, and it's, it's different than teaching elementary and she is teaching English on top of that and so she's reading papers now to grade and it's taking her tons and tons of time and so I've been doing the dishes for her and for the family every single night while she's working and I hate yeah yeah you can clap for that But I was so blessed this past week because she's been off. And so she tells me, hey, you know, since I'm off, I can do the dishes this week. I was like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you love me. 
But I know every single time that he goes, can I just go to bed? And can you take care of the dishes? Like, yeah, I got you. And on the outside, I look super calm and collected. On the inside, I'm like raging. And I procrastinate and I let it sit for hours because I don't want to do it. And then I end up doing the dishes at like 11 o'clock at night, all tired and mad. I should just did this earlier and I'm all tired. But I'm, God's still working on my heart. This is, this is something that God is going to continue to work on it, on us. This attitude of selflessness. Philippians 2, 3 to 4, it says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in, humi- uh, in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And we don't do anything selfishly out of our own ambition. But in humility, count others more significant than yourself. That's God's university right there. God's university is selflessness. God's family. Pastor Lance stole my closing thanks. My closing remark when he's talking about how... uh, you guys have really stepped up as a church during this, uh, during the fires. And I agree 100% wholeheartedly with what Pastor Lance said. I've been so blessed and so encouraged and so honored to be able to serve alongside this church and what you guys have done to, to step in and to help and to sacrifice of yourself. That is, that is an act of selflessness to give of yourself, your time, talent, and your treasure to people who you don't even know sometimes, who you don't even know, and to love on them. That is just amazing, and I'm so thankful to be a part of this family. And God's family is revealed in suffering. We might go a little darker <laughs> during this time, but it's, gonna, but it's good. God's family is revealed in suffering. Let's go to <clears throat> sorry. Romans 8. Romans chapter 8. If you have your Bible, you should go ahead and open it. I'm like flipping this page a hundred million times. Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through uh, 29. The whole thing is great. But verse 18, verse 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the, of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. So verse 18 and 19 talks about how Paul, Paul experienced suffering. Right? Paul experienced suffering? Imprisoned, beaten, starved, persecuted. He experienced suffering. And he talks about that being nothing. That that means nothing compared to, compared to 
the glory of God and his kingdom that will be revealed. So there is a hope in something greater. Amen? There's a hope of a glory that is to be revealed to him that he does not yet see on this earth, that he will see later, and that he says, this is nothing. For a moment, I will go through this suffering. For a moment, I will have this persecution. For a moment, I may see death. However, I know that the hope is greater than what I'm experiencing here on earth. And it's in the midst of that suffering, and it's in the midst of that persecution, it's in the midst of the trials and the pain that God begins a refining process in our lives. Which reveals the purity, which reveals his family, which reveals his characteristics in our lives. It surfaces all of the junk in our lives. It surfaces all of the selfishness, all of the anger, all of the hurt, all of the pain. It reveals all of those things. Trials reveal all of those things. Suffering reveals those things in our lives. And what God does is as he reveals those things, he takes a stick and he skims it right off the top. As we submit to him. We can hold on to all of that stuff if we wanted to. We can hold on to it. We can hold on to the junk. We can hold on to the anger. We can hold on to the bitterness. We can hold on to the hurt and the pain, the frustration, the selfishness. We can hold on to those things or we can allow God to take them away if we would just let go of those things. We, hear, we have heard stories of people going through the fires and we've seen people who lost everything. Hold, holding things with an open hand to God. To see them with thankfulness in their heart. Hope in their eyes. Trusting in the Lord, what he's going to do, even in the midst of all of this, is so encouraging. It's so encouraging. Being able to experience that and to see what people are going through has helped me and blessed me so much. Because then what I can do now is I can take those testimonies, I can take those experiences that they had, that they have graciously shared with us that they didn't have to, but they did. They shared with me, they shared with other people, and some of you have heard stories similar. We can take these situations in our lives, and we can come to God, say, God, Help me to be more like this. Help me to have a selfless heart. Help me, Lord. You know, you know my heart. You know how selfish I can be. Help me, help me.
John 13, 35 says, By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. You have love for one another. The way that we react, the way that we live our lives, especially in the midst of suffering, is going to reveal God's family. It's going to reveal God's character in our hearts, in our lives, and in the people around us. And not only does it reveal it in our lives when we're going through it, but this is, this is what's so cool. When we're going through something and God is revealing his character through us, through the suffering that we're going through, when we exhibit God's character and his selflessness and his characteristics in our lives, it does something to the people around us. Amen. It not only elevates the Lord, but it also elevates somebody else in their life. They begin to come to a greater place as well. Their character begins to be elevated. Their, the image in Christ that they have begins to get revealed as well. There's something that happens to the people who are connected to suffering and connected to pain. Something happens. Even if you're not going through it, there's something that happens to you. Anybody experienced that before? Yeah. Things happen to us. God changes it and works in our hearts. When we see the love of Christ, when we see the characteristics of God in other people, it changes us. Because we get to see a little bit of a glimpse of who God is. Amen. Can we have the worship team come up? They said, I'm, I'm so very encouraged by our church and how we responded um, through the trials of the fire. And I want to really encourage you. That desire to help, that desire to step in, don't ever lose that. The Bible encourages us to never grow weary of doing good. And to never grow weary of doing good. That we never get tired of helping somebody. That we never get tired of blessing somebody. That we never get tired of lending a helping hand or listening to somebody. That we don't get tired of doing those things. Because God has predestined us for good works. Did you know that you were predestined for good works? Did you know that? That God knew you. He knew you before you were even born. Amen. He knew, he knows every hair on your head. He knows every characteristic that you have. He knows every personality, flaw 
that you have. He knows everything about you, and yet he has predestined you for good works. There are things in your life, there are people in your lives, there are spheres of influences that you, that you have that nobody else will have. And there's unique opportunities within your life to do something good in those people's lives. Amen? To share the gospel, to share the love of Christ, whichever, however it may be. But if we ever get weary of doing good and we say that I don't want to do good now, I don't want to serve, I don't want to do this anymore, I'm tired, I just want somebody else to do something good for me. If we get tired of that, there's people who are going to miss out on seeing the glory of God and experiencing him. I don't want that for my life. I've seen it too many times where I've shied away from doing something good and experiencing the, the guilt of that. I don't want that. So I make it a point now to always remind myself, to remind myself every time that I when I'm feeling selfish, that I say a short little prayer, a little encouragement. I say, Zach, don't grow weary of doing good. Lord, encourage me. Help me to continue to do good despite the way that I'm feeling. Jesus did the, the greatest thing that we could ever, ever hope for. He sacrificed himself on the cross so that we could have freedom, so that we could have relationship with him. We talked, Pastor Lance had at the point that God created us in his image and we're not complete alone. God is relational and when Adam sinned, he severed that relationship, he severed that connection. And God put into place a plan to restore that connection, to restore that relationship. And Jesus Christ was that one. He was the one that was worthy to bridge that gap for us. Because he was the one that lived the life that we could not live. He was the one that fulfilled all of the law. All of it. He lived it in place of us. And then we're the ones that were supposed to die and he died in our place. He died the death that we should have died, but he didn't stay dead, amen? He rose again on the third day, just thus proving that he is God. He's the son of God. And then offers us his Holy Spirit to live inside of us. 
encourage us, to empower us to live this life because we all know that living the Christian life, living and walking on the narrow path is difficult sometimes. Amen? So let's thank Jesus. Let us remember him this morning. So we thank you so much for your body that was broken for us. We thank you that your body broken provides healing in our lives. Healing from physical ailments, spiritual things, emotional things, mental things. We thank you and we praise you for what you did on the cross. For allowing yourself to be hurt and beaten. So that we could have something that we don't deserve. We praise you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, let's partake of the bread. Likewise, we thank you for the cup, your blood that was shed for us, for our sins. That in the shedding of your blood, that we have been washed clean. That we have been freed from sin and death. And through your son, through you, Jesus, that we have forgiveness. Thank you. Thank you for bringing us close, for purchasing us. Not because we deserved it, but because you loved us. So we thank you, we honor you. Thank you for your blood. In Jesus' name, we honor you. Amen. Let's take the cup. <laughs> 